athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think, I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Thank you for joining me on another edition of the program. The big game is set between the Chiefs and the 49ers. You know, I really thought that this year was going to be the Baltimore Ravens uh, to make it. And look, the bottom line is that Ravens offense did not show up. I thought Lamar Jackson was pressing, especially when he threw that interception in the fourth quarter. He was pressing. That, you know, the receiver, which I believe was a tight end, wasn't even open. Not only was he already double-teamed, the receiver, a third man, came over to intercept the pass for the Chiefs. I thought, again, he pressed in that football game. And uh, anyways, the big game is set. I don't know. You know, when I've made these predictions, it's just it's hard to make heads for tails of the matchups. Right. Like I figured that the 49ers would beat the Lions. But look, a lot of people are talking about the if you want to call it a controversial fourth down call by Dan Campbell to go for it uh, for the Lions. If you want to call it that. I mean, I think when you look at what he who he is and what he's done, that is, in fact, who he is. At the end of the day, however, the Lions had a big lead on the 49ers early on and early in the football game and even into the second half. So there were many opportunities, I think, right there for the Lions to win that football game. I did pick the 49ers, but it felt like it really felt like the Lions should have won that football game. Again, I picked the the uh, Ravens to beat the Chiefs. Um, look, I, I, the Ravens defense is as advertised you can hold Patrick Mahomes and I and I get it right like he and Travis Kelsey went off uh as a combination I got it the fact of the matter is the Chiefs only scored 17 points if you're the Ravens you've got that offense I mean that that should be enough especially in the second half when the Ravens didn't when the Chiefs didn't score any points so you know, look, that was a that was a winnable game for the Ravens, and the Ravens really laid an egg in that football game. And now you wonder. Look, I, this is the thing. I think when you talk about Lamar Jackson, I think when we come into the 2024 season, we may still have some question marks as to whether he can get to the Super Bowl. But at least the Ravens, because again the. The, all of the talk coming into the playoffs was, okay, great, but can he can he get to the next level? Well, 
they did, even though they had the team that that could have won the Super Bowl. I mean, look, you know, Christmas Day, what the what the uh, Ravens did to the 49ers. I get all of that. I'm with you. Okay, but he did win a playoff game. Okay, and a a playoff game uh, to get to the AFC championship game. So now he will have some question marks coming in to the uh, to the 2024 season. Um, But look, he had a phenomenal. I'm not going to say a phenomenal. He had a MVP. Regular season. Right. He's got he does have to take sort of that next step now. Okay, can you lead a team to the Super Bowl? And, you know, I think I I, I don't know the Ravens salary cap situation and who's coming back or and all of those kind of things. But, you know, um, look, John Harbaugh has figured it out with lesser teams. Um, I think he has enough weapons and, you know, if that defense can kind of stay intact and do what it did, it is up now for Lamar Jackson to, to uh, really take that next step. And I think, you know, he'll have an opportunity to take that next step in 2024. So the big game is set. Now, if you want to ask me who I think is going to win the big game, I'm not ready to make a prediction right now. Like my predictions throughout these playoffs have been bad, to say the least. If you look at my prediction for the Cowboys in Green Bay, I was way off there. I mean, you know, I've been like 500, and that's not good. You know, that's not good at all. So, look, I'm not ready to make a prediction. Let me see what happens during the course of these this uh, the, the next week, okay, leading into the Super Bowl. And then on next week's show, I'll give you a prediction. Look, got a lot to get to today on the program. We're going to talk some basketball Uh, Tony Madlock is the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State. He's going to join us on the program. The last time that Tony Madlock joined us on the program, he was the head coach uh, at South Carolina State. So Tony Madlock, again, the head basketball coach uh, at the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State is going to join us on the program. You know, since we've since the new year started, we you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked some MEAC basketball. We talked some SWAC basketball. But we failed to talk SIAC and CIAA basketball. Well, we're going to do that on today's show. Going to kind of get you acclimated to where teams are, you know, sort of down the stretch. I've had a chance to see a couple of teams uh, really play. And, that Southern look, the Northern division in the CI, I'm I'm talking about CIAA specifically, the Northern division in the CIAA is when you talk about basketball, it's not like football where it's very competitive. I mean, it's competitive in a manner of speaking amongst each team or amongst each other. But like when you look at that CIAA Northern division in football, not only are the teams competitive amongst each other, they have winning records. Well, you know, a majority of the teams in the CIAA Northern Division right now have losing records in the conference, okay? You look at the Southern Division, it's a, it's much more competitive, much more competitive. You know, I thought that, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it because I want to continue to set the table. And, and before I even do that, um, speaking of the CIAA, Brian Dunlap, Brian Dunlap is the head men's basketball coach at Claflin. 
He's going to join us on the program. And, and look, to get back to talking about the CIAA and the Southern Division. So you look at that division and you're like, okay, it, it was, it seemed to have been a situation where Winston-Salem State was running away with the division. And by the way, as I look again, um, Lincoln is the only team in the Northern Division with a winning record, and it's only one game above 500 in terms of overall record. So that's sort of what I was talking about with respect to the CIAA's Northern Division. In the Southern Division, you know, Winston-Salem State was rolling, was was 5-0. and You know, now in the division, or in the conference, I should say, in the conference, now Winston-Salem State has lost three of its last five basketball games. Okay, it's now seven and three in the division. Fayetteville State is seven and four. St. Augustine's is seven and four. Winston-Salem State is seven and three. Shaw is six and five. Had have a chance, obviously, to see to see Shaw. Uh, and um, you know, Shaw is coming off a loss uh, to Johnson C. Smith, who was six and six, the only team with a losing record in conference play right now is Livingstone at five and six. So we're going to talk some SIAC basketball. We're going to talk some CIAA basketball today here on the program and get you caught up. So look, I've got, I've got to do this. Okay. Because one of the things that we did during football season and one of the things that we do generally speaking, when we're talking about the players of the week is we mention those players of the week on the program each week, okay? And I have failed to do that. So I'm going to go back, not only talk about this week's players of the week, but go back and, and talk about the other players of the week. So this week, Anthony Pittman, forward for West Virginia State, is the HBCU National Player of the Week, he averaged 27 points, eight and a half rebounds, four assists, two steals, and made 20 of 32 field goals. That's 63% in those two games as West Virginia State went 2-0. and And by the way, look, you look at you talk about West Virginia State and you talk about that Mountain East Conference. Well, when it was the old WVIAC, West Liberty used to dominate the the WVIAC and even going into the beginning of the Mech and when all of those teams form the Mech conference. Okay. That's not the case as much anymore. White, right? West Virginia state. We had Brian poor on the program about a year ago around this time. He had just won his 400th game as head coach. And we talked with him because West Virginia state was finally able to get over the hump against West Liberty. Well, look, Anthony Pittman had 29 for West Virginia state earlier this week in a victory by the Yellow Jackets over West Liberty. Uh, Ariana Grizzle, the other, uh, the HBCU National Player of the Week on the women's side, the guard for Florida A&M. She averaged 20 and a half points, six rebounds, three assists, three steals, two blocks, and the Rattlers went 2-0 uh, last week. Our other players of the week going back to last week, Landon Glasper out of North Carolina A&T and Coriana Evans, uh, out of Clark, Atlanta, going back two weeks ago. Tarion Joseph uh, out of Fayetteville State and Amari Hurd out of Savannah State. Our first players of the week for this year, Isaac Pearson, I spoke about 
Winston-Salem State, really, really good player, was uh, going back to the first week, uh, player of the week, and uh, uh, Nyla Bryant uh, of Fayetteville State, also our players of the week. So I just wanted to do a little bit of house cleaning right there. You've got it. Locked to box to row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Thank you for making the program a part of your day. Still to come here on box to row, as mentioned, Claflin, head men's basketball coach, Brian Dunlap, going to join us on the program. Up next, we're going to be joined by Alabama State head men's basketball coach, Tony Madlock. Don't move. More of the program. BoxToRow.com is your source for conversations with and content on some of the biggest names in sports, HBCU sports, and entertainment. BoxToRow.com. More of BoxToRow with Donald Ware is on the way. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Hey there, fellow travelers. It's me, the Hotel Wiz. Before you go anywhere, call me day or night for hotel rates too low to publish. I'll save you up to 75% on over 500,000 hotels across the globe. You see, I've already done the research, so you don't have to spend time online trying to find the best deal. That's up to 75% off. Just call me, the Hotel Wiz. It's a free call, and you get instant access to rates too low to publish with no cancellation fees. Make a free call now and save up to 75% off your hotel rooms the next time you're going somewhere for business or pleasure. Call the Hotel Wiz now and get instant access to rates too low to publish. 800-811-3471 Call the Hotel Wiz right now for rates too low to publish at 800-811-3471 On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware Robert Jones, the head men's basketball coach at Norfolk State and there was some racial epithets curled at your players. Any resolution in your mind? The resolution was that we just moved past it. It's like, what is it going to do at this point? You know, I think that they identified the two gentlemen that said the thing, so hopefully those guys are banned from Illinois State games. Um, hopefully they, they, you know, they actually did that. I don't know for sure or not. Yeah, it was an unfortunate situation. Hopefully it doesn't happen to us again you know, anytime soon. Um, and, and hopefully it doesn't happen to any other team anytime soon as well. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Joey Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. Listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. 
Welcome back to Box to Row. Big shots out to our newest affiliate, WLXU 93.9 in Lexington, Kentucky. You talk about Lexington, Kentucky, you're talking about the University of Kentucky. Uh, when you're talking about big time college basketball, Kentucky State, not that far away. All of you listening to us in Lexington on WLXU, thank you for making Box to Row a part of your day. Still to come here on the program, as a matter of fact, in this segment, Tony Madlock, the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, and still to come here on the program, the head men's basketball coach at Claflin, Brian Dunlap. Brian Dunlap going to join us on the program. Look, taking a look at the SIAC in terms of men's basketball. And, you know, you look at the East and they still have the divisions in the SIAC where they did away with the divisions from a football standpoint, still have the divisions from a basketball standpoint. You've got Benedict at 11 and 2, Morehouse at 11 and 3, and Clark Atlanta at 10 and 3 in the East. Those three teams are the class right now of the Eastern Division. You've got Allen at 7 and 6, Edward Waters at 7 and 7, Savannah State at 6 and 8, Albany State at 5 and 9, and Fort Valley State at 4 and 9. Then you look at the West. And Miles is eight and four. Spring Hill is eight and six. Tuskegee eight and six. Lemoyne Owen six and eight. Lane six and eight. Kentucky State four and ten. And Central State is one and thirteen. And I can understand why you still have the divisions in basketball. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of teams, right? Like you add Spring Hill and Lemoyne Owen who don't play football, who only have who only play basketball, and so I, I definitely understand the divisional um, matchups. In but but you have a tournament. That that's sort of the other thing. You have sort of a tournament a deal with the SIAC tournament um, as well, and so that's sort of how the SIAC currently looks. Look, we're gonna keep things moving here on Box to Row. We're gonna say hello to a gentleman in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at. Alabama State. Look, the Hornets are at the top of the SWAC, 10 and 10 on the season. And as a matter of fact, uh, over the weekend, going to play a nationally televised game uh, on Saturday against Bethune Cookman. Uh, Tony Matlock, again in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Coach Matlock? Well, how you doing, man? You all right today? I can't complain. I'm, I'm doing well. Um, your thoughts, 20 games into the season, your mm-hmm. thoughts on where your program is. Well, I think we're, we're right where we're trying, we were trying to get to when we started this process a, a year ago, when, when I took the head coaching job, uh, you know how it is, man, when you're in HBCU and, you know, you got to play that, you know, that month of November and December, you got to play all those money games on the road. And for us to finally find a way to get to, to 500, you know, again, 10, 10 and 10 on the year. Uh, when you have to play all those money games. And uh, so you're trying to make sure your guys still have a, a positive mindset going into swag play because it's tough, man. You know, when you got to go on the road and play those games, and of course you're going to have a losing record in those games and not try to keep those guys' minds uh, on, on positive thoughts and, and all about winning. 
your thoughts. You had some tough games. Ole Miss, Auburn, you know, some other tough games. Your your thoughts, because you're right, they're money games. It's tough, but you're trying to find something. Like, did you find uh, – did the guys play the way you wanted them to play in those tough games? They did. They did. And uh, I have a, a really good group of guys, guys that are 100% bought into what we're trying to do to change the culture around here. You know, it's been a while since Alabama State has had a winning season in basketball. And uh, we all know it's a, it's a great school, great uh, city, um, has a lot of tradition basketball-wise. It's just been a while. So it, it, it's my job to turn this thing around and, and get it going. And uh, I think we're moving in the right direction. Texas Southern obviously is a tough team. That was your last game. I, I looked through the box score. I know you I know you must have been like, what? And you missed a couple of you know opportunities to kind of win that game a couple of times down the stretch. Your yeah. thoughts in terms of down the stretch and overall how your team played in that game? Uh, we, we played really well. I mean, you know, we talked about it going into this this weekend. You know, we had that that Texas swing. We had to go to Prairie View on on this past Saturday. We was able to get that win there, and that's that's a tough place to play. And then we go into to Texas Southern, and Texas Southern is the standard for for SWAC basketball. You know, you look at you know they basically they go to the tournament almost every year, uh, so they're the standard. So so we were trying to use that as a measuring stick on how we are uh, you know doing in the league and how we can do to try to have a chance to maybe win this league and and do some good things some special things and we played well uh i think we we may we may have led for like you know plus 30 plus minutes of that game uh you know it's, again like you said it's a tough place to play uh johnny jones was a really good coach they got a really good team uh we made some you know we didn't we, we didn't protect the ball uh late in the ball game and uh, but again we had two shots to win it you know um that just didn't fall for us so we're, but I'm excited how we played, man. Again, a uh, hostile environment, and our guys played really well. Tony Madlock is the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State in his second season. He joins us here on Box to Row. Let, let me talk to you about some personnel. You've got, you've got some guy, this guy named T.J. Madlock, some guy named yeah. T.J. Madlock, who leads you in scoring at almost 16 points uh, per game. Speak to how he's playing for you this season. He's playing well. Uh, he's, um, of course, you know, he's my son, and – and uh, he's a guy that, you know, he brings it every night. Uh, he, he's, he's tough. He's hard-nosed. He got some things he got to continue to work on, like all of our players. But he, he's, uh, he's, he's one of our leaders on our team. Is, has a really high basketball IQ. And, and the, the thing that I think that sets him apart is just how hard he is, how hard he plays, and how tough he is. Can you speak to kind of how your guys are distributing? Like, if I look at your numbers, I look at the assist-to-turnover ratio, you're like 224 to 228. A lot of teams are in double. You're you're right there. Your guys yeah. are doing well in terms of uh, distributing the basketball and protecting. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. But and we have to get that up. And one thing about it, because we we have a lot of guys that 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 handle the ball. A lot of teams, you know, have the the tra just traditional point guard that that, that handles the ball all the time. Well, we got about three or four guys that handle the ball a lot, which says a lot about our team that we're very versatile. Uh, but also saying that a lot of times it's, it's sometimes it's, it's in guys' hands that maybe need to get off of it and pass it. Uh, but no, but I'm, I'm proud of these guys of, of, of how we, you know, one of our goals every game is 12 or less turnovers. We try to, if we can do that, we think because we want to play extremely fast. So, you know, we want to, you can't play fast and turn the ball over. So, you know, one of our goals every game is 12 or less turnovers. And we're doing that, you know, that's one of our goals. And if you meet that, we'll have a chance. Speaking of programs that had had some success and then, um, maybe not as of late. You were at one of those programs going back a couple of years ago at South Carolina State. You got them right at 500, which there, 
considering, you know, you, it, they hadn't been that good since Cy Alexander was the coach kind of many yeah. moons ago. Um, yeah. So I, I say all that to say Alabama State last year kind of coming in, trying to turn things around, 8-23. and 23. Speak to sort of the some of the things you've implemented that uh, have led to this turnaround. You've already got you've already got two more wins with like 10, 15 games left than you had last year. Yeah, part of it, you know, when I took the job in South Carolina State, man, it was I, I think it was probably the worst job in, in America. They had one win the year before I took took the job, and we were able to turn it around in one year. And last year, I think we were gonna we were on track to do something special, but injury bug killed us last year. You know, I had I had four guys that had surgery during the year. Three of them were season ending. And then when Isaiah Range, you know, uh, broke his leg against Grambling in early February, we were done. You know, we just we we had had so many injuries, and, and then your lead score goes down, and guys continue to fight to fight, but we just didn't have enough. So hopefully, we can continue to knock on wood, stay healthy. Um, you know, we can continue to, to keep going forward. Couple of more thoughts with Tony Madlock, the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, gracious enough to join us on the program. Um, the SWAC, your your thoughts on you know SWAC play a year and a half into this thing? Oh man, it's really good. I mean, it's just some really good coaches in this league, some really good players, and I, and it's one of those deals that you have to you have to bring it every night. You know, I don't you know it's not one of those deals where you can say hey you can have we got a night off because everybody is is well prepared. Again, man, I am. I was really impressed with all the coaches that's in this league. Got some really good coaches, some really good players, and and uh, so yeah, no, it's 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 a tough league, man, from top to bottom. Thoughts on uh, Bethune Cookman who comes in uh, to to take you guys on on Saturday? Well, first of all, Reggie Theus does a great job with those guys, man. You know, he has probably three of he has three of the best scoring guards in the league. Uh, so it's going to be a big challenge for us, man. Hopefully, you know, we can play well at home because we haven't been playing well at home. You know, we've actually, you know, with this team, and I'm still trying to figure it out. We're playing actually better on the road than we are at home. So hopefully we can get back in Akadome and, uh, and and make some plays and make some shots and, and, and find a way because this is going to be a big weekend for us. Last thought, and we appreciate the time. Are you where you thought this program would be a year and a half in? Uh, I am. I am. It's, it's right where we are. Again, man, we got a long way to go. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough road anytime you try again. Uh, Alabama State hadn't had a winning season since, I think, 2015 or so. So we understand, we understood, you know, what was going on when I took the job. And uh, But I think we're, we're, we're going in the right direction. Uh, we just got to continue to work, man. It's all about recruiting. It's all about players. It's all about just trying to, to make sure these guys fit into what we're trying to get done. And, and for the most part, I'm really proud of these guys because they're trying to do exactly what I'm asking them to do. Tony Madlock, again, in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State, joining us here on the program. The Hornets 10-10, and 5-2 in SWAC play at the top of the SWAC, hosting Bethune-Cookman on Saturday. Coach Madlock, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Hornets. Man, I appreciate you, man. Thanks, man, and come, come see us. Thank you was talking to all of us, but I need to take him up on that offer. It's been, wow, I don't know, maybe 2009 the last time I was at the Acadome, which is a nice facility right there on the campus of Alabama State. But the Hornets are really playing some pretty good basketball. You've got it locked to Box to Row. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Up next, Claflin, head men's basketball coach Brian Dunlap joins us. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. 
I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan. And, and I, I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people. You know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent. Um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games, you know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way was really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I, I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't going to last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when, when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever the, that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed in them to help them get to this place. Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on, the, on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third-generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth, and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man, the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You get to <laughs> Man, you know what is good, and and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you, I appreciate you. As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school, and after that. I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Dave Roberts, manager of the L.A. Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers, what does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that have really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity, hopefully it just paves the way. So I I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have gone to Division One. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a 
up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melo. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at BoxToRow.com. That's from the Press Box to Press Row. Real. Relevant. Radio. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Claflin. If you look at the Panthers right now atop the Western Division with Winston-Salem State and, as a matter of fact, at home on Saturday against Shaw. And it should be a definitely an exciting matchup. Brian Dunlap in his second season again as the head men's basketball coach at Claflin joining us here on box to row how are you coach dunlap i'm good how about yourself doing good i just kind of want to get your thoughts you're 10 and 8 on the season as i mentioned 7 and 3 uh in ciaa play just your thoughts on the season to this point um well we we were coming along slowly but surely um we had a we had a nice little stretch in november playing some some really good teams and then we were able in december to go to um the virgin islands as a team and we i thought we bonded there and we came together we came closer um, the new year started off well for us in 2024. Uh, we came out strong in the conference and, you know, we lost a tough one last night, but I like the way we've been playing um, defensively. I think we, we, we're doing a better job um, offensively. We've had some nights where we shot it well and some nights that we didn't. But as long as we continue to um, play for each other and play the right way and continue to defend the way and rebound the way that I, that I know that we can, um, I like our chances. You know, I was talking about this a little bit earlier on, especially when you look like, like if you look at the CIAA Northern Division of Football, it's very difficult, not not just the teams in of themselves, but amongst each other. You All of the teams have good records. Mm-hmm. To me, very similar in the Southern Division where you're talking about basketball. Like there's mm-hmm. only one team that's got a losing record in terms of in the conference. So kind of talk about that. that was a, you're right, Thursday, uh, Wednesday night, that was a tough loss uh, at Fayetteville State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fairville is really good. Um, co- um, coach down there, he has a really good team. Um, and they were, you know, they were preseason pick number one um, through from the coaches' poll. And they and they showed it last night. I mean, they came out with a lot of force. They played with a lot of energy. They shot the ball well. Um, and, and we fought back, and we had our chances down the stretch, but they just made a couple more plays than we have. Um, but, you know, the, the, the conference itself, it's a gauntlet. And when you go on the road, um, you got to take on not only just the opponent, but you got to take on the crowd as well. And the passion that each each individual university brings, and that, what their crowd brings, and you got to be ready to go. And and we know that certain things have to travel: defensive rebounding and free throws. And we didn't defend um, as well as I would have liked us to last night. Um, but once again, we gave ourselves a chance late. We missed a couple of opportunities. They made the plays, and we didn't, and we came up short. But um, the, 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 this last couple of weeks in the season should be interesting to see. You know, as everyone starts to battle for. 
um, seating and everything going into the tournament at the end of the year. I mean, end of the month. Um, so it'd be, it should be a lot of really good basketball down the stretch here in February. You know, I, I, look, you got Shaw, you know, on Saturday should be another, you know, you're talking about Southern, I think I may have said Western, but Southern, you know, it is Southern division matchup. But then, I mean, like, I get it. But now you then after that, you've got four straight games on the road. That's, I mean, look, the schedule is what the schedule is. That's how it played out in the CIAA. But it, it, that's why it's important, I'm sure, to to get off uh, and to get that victory at home against Shaw on Saturday. Definitely, definitely. Um, that's that's going to be a big game for us. One, because it's our next game. And just to see how we're going to respond and bounce back from the tough loss last night. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how our guys are going to be in practice today and tomorrow and then how we prepare to get ready for Shaw on Saturday. Well, we know Shaw's a tough team. Um, Coach Collins, actually, he and I, we go way back. Um, he was uh, one of my assistant coaches my freshman year in college at Old Dominion University. So we have a pretty good relationship. And his, his guys, you know, they are a characteristic of him with his toughness and the way that he was a player and how he coaches them. They're a tough group. And we know we have to be physically ready and mentally ready uh, and be prepared for them on Saturday. And then it just so happens – Due to our, our triple diversionality, was we had to move our game from Elizabeth City that we would have played them in December. And it just so happens we played in Monday. So that 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 is the beginning of that four-game um, um, road game stretch. Um, normally it would have been three, but, you know, because we had to move that game, now we have those four in a row. Brian Dunlap in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Claflin. He joins us here on the or on Box to Row. For you, Coach Dunlap, what made this – Claflin position the right job for you. I know you had some ties to the CIAA. You were getting it done at Harris uh, Stowe. You had three uh, tournament champ conference tournament championships. Some 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 do, doing very well there. What made this job at Claflin the right job for you? Well, like you said before, having having CIAA ties, um, I had a lot of family members that that graduated from Winston State University, so I was very familiar with the CIAA, and I also coached at Winston. Um, for a year as well. So have an opportunity to um, be involved in the, in the league, but also be involved in the CIAA tournament and understanding how much it means to each individual institution and what the CIAA tournament means in college basketball, just the history that it has and how great of an event as well as a tournament that it is. Just to be a part of that you know, in my young coaching career, I, I couldn't turn down an opportunity. And um, working for a great administration with our president, Dr. Warmack and our athletic director, Mr. O'Neill, um, we have the support that we need and they're winners. They, they were winners as players when they were in college and they're winners in life. And it, you always want to work with people who want to help you succeed and help you grow and help you win. So it, it, was, it was a very attractive situation. Um, and then my mother also lives in Charlotte, which is only about a two, two and a half hour drive. So being able to be back on the East Coast and be around her was special as well. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 basically people say, oh, well, you're literally like like Claflin is literally right across the street from South Carolina State, like literally. And, well, we're on the same street. We're separated by a gate. Right. They, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, but now you all are. Have you all played in your tenure? You didn't you didn't, you haven't you didn't play this year. You're not going to play. No, this year. not no, not that. Hopefully that's something that we can make happen, whether it be. Uh, a scrimmage exhibition game or a regular season game, I think it'll be great for both universities and 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 for the city of Orangeburg because I know everybody would turn out and be so excited for that to happen. You know, part of the reason I ask that is because Claflin doesn't have 
a football program. I'm interested as one that hasn't been on Claflin's campus, really, honestly, by way of South Carolina State. That said, what's the what's the atmosphere there like, you know, at basketball games there at Claflin, where Claflin has had a lot of success? Yeah, it's it's live. Like as the, as the kids would say, today is lit. Um, and our student body and our student body president uh, uh, and our dean of students have done a really good job of just involving the students. And they've come and they've tried to make it an event. Uh, we don't call it game day; we call it an event. And so every 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 game that we have um, amongst our um, athletic programs, we want it to be an event, and we want it to be an event not only for our students and our and our university, but we want it to be an event as well for the community, so more people want to come out and talk about it. But I mean, you know how it is; you're some of your best advertisement is by mouth and people telling you like, I went to that Claflin game, man. It was super exciting. Like the, the, the product on the court was exciting, but also in, in the, the fans in the stands, it was fun to watch and be a part of. So that's, that's grown here, especially over the last year and some change. And truth be told, it actually started, I, I think this year with our, during our volleyball season, like we, you saw the, the excitement of, of, of the students and how, the, how they were so invested in the game. But that goes with the CIAA tradition. You know, each university has its own pageantry, has its passion and its tradition. And and we're now that we're kind of year five in, in the CI, we're starting to understand uh, what it's like when we go into these other arenas and these other um, gyms. And we're, we're trying to mirror that ourselves and make it our own. So when you come to, to the house of the Panthers, it's going to be a tough time for you when you when you come here. Brian Dunlap is the head men's basketball coach at Claflin. He joins us here on the program. Just, just real quick, what, what, um, you know, how did you all fare last year in the tournament? So we we were the fourth seed, and we ended up losing in the first round. Our, our starting point guard got hurt uh, four and a half minutes into the game, and and um, that that kind of threw us off a little bit. Winston played well, and they eventually ended up being the conference tournament champions last year. Um, but you know, I would have liked to have seen if. We would have been at full strength the entire game to see how things would have panned out. But, you know, it's basketball. Things happen. Injuries happen. And and we came up a little short. So um, we're looking forward to continuing to plug away and day by day get better. So then when, when it's time in Baltimore, hopefully we're the last man standing on March 2nd. Yeah, what are you – I want to talk some personnel, but what are you kind of learning about yourself? Because, I mean, that was a good season, 19-7 and seven again. Again, you've got the pedigree. You, you've been in the – as you mentioned, the, the CIAA before, the pedigree from winning, you know, at Harris-Stowe. So how are you growing as a coach, especially coming in at, as, at, at last year, first year, and now you're right at the top of the Southern Division? Well, I think our foundation has been solid. We're continuing to try to build on that and making sure um, once we continue to build on our foundation, continue to build our culture and make sure we're, we're recruiting and bringing in the, the top student athletes that we think that's a good fit for not only our program, but also our institution. And as long as we can continue to get those guys that are that are team guys and not me guys and they're we guys and, and, and we can put a good product on the court, I think we have a chance to be successful. I think our, our depth has been has been really quality. We've had quality depth the last two years, um, starting with last year's group who really bought in early and they were a special group because, you know, they were hungry for something and, and, and they, and they proved that when they, every time they stepped on the court and no different than this year, you know, every year has its own identity. Uh, we brought in some new guys and it took us a little while to jail and come together. But like I said earlier, that, that trip to the Virgin Islands was huge for us because we bonded really well. And I think I'm um, moving forward. We will continue to do that 
And and I mean, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. And we gotta go get some dudes. And I think we have some dudes. And um, and in order to win in this league and be successful in this league every year, you gotta you gotta have some dudes. And, and I just so happen to to ha- give them a little give them a little basketball knowledge, and so we can put it out there on the court and and hopefully get the results that we want. A couple more thoughts with Brian Dunlap, the head men's basketball coach at Claflin. You talk about some dudes. Look, you've got four that are in double figures in terms of scoring, one that is is like 9.9 points per game, and then several others that are above seven points. you got some balanced scoring there. Kind of kind of speak to that. Well, I believe Sharon is caring. And um, I played the point guard position and also played quarterback in football. So my job was to distribute, get everybody to basketball, and, and to get everybody to football. So I believe the same way. Um, we have a motto called our Let's Eat, and it's effort, attitude, and toughness. And we want everybody to eat. Um, but if we know if we bring those three things, the effort and have a positive attitude and 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 we do what we have defined as what toughness means to us, then then everybody should be able to be successful. Um, and I'm also the type of guy that if you don't shoot it when you're open, I'm probably going to take you out the game, especially if it's your shot. Like if it's your shot that I know you I've seen you work on and we and we preach and practice and things of that nature and you don't shoot it, I'm taking you out. Um, and I want you to give me the effort defensively and all throughout the course of the game. And then when offense comes, I'm going to let you rock out and, and do some things. But um, I want everybody to feel like they are a part and know that they are a part because everybody plays a role. But I want you to be a star in your role and do the best you possibly can to help us be successful. We've got about 30 seconds. Quick thoughts on Shaw. Um, like I said, they're going to be a tough team. Um, they're going to be physical. Um, we got to do a really good job of just matching their energy and their physicality make sure we continue to try to rebound the basketball and just try to make it tough as tough as we possibly can on them defensively. And then hopefully keep sharing the wealth so that we can try to score the ball on offense. Man. Brian Dunlap again in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Claflin joins us here on the program. Again, as mentioned, the Panthers at the top of the CIAA Southern division going to host Shaw on Saturday. Coach Dunlap, we appreciate the time continued success to you and the Panthers. Appreciate you having me. Brian Dunlap already having success in his second now two seasons or a year and a half now as the head men's basketball coach at Claflin. Again, three tournament or conference tournament championships when he was the head coach at Harris Stowe. So you've heard from Brian Dunlap. You've heard from Tony Madlock. We want to hear from you at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W on Twitter. More of the program is on find us on twitter and instagram at box to row and on facebook at from the press box to press row and don't forget to tell your friends to check out all of the latest from box to row box to row box to row If you have diabetes, listen up. If you have insurance, you can qualify for a continuous glucose monitor. With a CGM, you can continuously track your levels and trends and spend more time in range, significantly lowering your A1C. More importantly, a CGM eliminates the one thing most people with diabetes hate, painful finger sticks. Order your new continuous glucose monitor today. If you use insulin and if you've seen your diabetes care provider within the last six months, 
months, you may qualify for your own CGM right now. We'll do all the insurance paperwork and deliver your new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost to you. Medicare and most insurances will cover your CGM, so don't wait. Have your insurance handy and call the Aptiva Medical CGM Health Hotline right now. 800 946 6813. 800 946 It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Couple of HBCU players playing in the big game this year. Two from the Chiefs. Joshua Williams in his second season with the Chiefs out of Fayetteville State. One of the corners. And then also Brian Cook, who played at Howard. He he more he played at Cincinnati after he played at Howard. Safety. He's you know, I, I I don't I'm not sure if he's gonna play. I know he was put on the injured reserve list towards the latter part of the season with an ankle injury. So we'll see if Brian Cook will play in the big game. And then on the other side, the two-time Willie Davis, HBCU National Player of the Year, Javon Hargrave of the 49ers, the defensive tackle out of South Carolina State. He's had a really, really good season. Uh, you know, especially early on, like he was plugging up the middle, allowing then, of course, allowing for that talented linebacker core to make a lot of plays for the 49ers. And I think that's exactly what the 49ers needed. And if you look on the other side, look, Philadelphia had more problems than just losing a Javon Hargrave. OK, but that said, it certainly didn't help that defense was bad to the point it was it was bad you know the offense a lot of question marks there still in Philly but Javon Hargrave made the right move and guess what he played in the Super Bowl last year he's gonna play in another one this year look Brian Cook right Joshua Williams already have Super Bowl rings and now Javon Hargrave is looking for his first you know sticking in the National Football League and Uh, Now, all 32 of the head coaching positions in the National Football League have all been filled, and there is no Bill Belichick and no Mike Vrabel. Now, I can understand Mike Vrabel to a certain degree. You know, maybe he sits out. He'll well, obviously, he'll sit out a year. I don't. I don't think. You know, some coaches, right? They're the type of coaches. You're a head coach. Uh, And then if it doesn't go well for you, you take a step back, meaning, you know, and I I don't know if I would want to call it a step back. You just you're not the head coach. So you you just kind of get to look at things differently, more more than likely from a coordinator position. And in in, but in this instance, Vrabel, I think I I don't think Vrabel needs to look at 
his situation from a coordinator position. I think Mike Vrabel is a head coach and a good one. Just didn't work out in Tennessee the last couple of years. And Tennessee decided to move in a new direction. I truly believe that Vrabel is a head coach. So he'll sit out a year. There'll be some more, you know, potentially some more opportunities that'll come along. Now, you know, look, you've got a lot of young coaches in the National Football League. Um, you know, if I could think off the top of my head, uh, some coaches that you would say, okay, this is a coach that uh, could be on the hot seat next year. Mike McCarthy, one of those coaches, but then would Vrabel be in the running for that position, especially with a Bill Belichick out there? I'm just trying to think, you know, Nick Sirianni may be on the hot seat. You know, I mean, look, the success he's had, Look, the, the 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 Eagles were in the playoffs, but Dan Quinn, who I'm going to talk about, right? Look, the Falcons, when Dan Quinn was the head coach and should have won the Super Bowl the year that they were in the, the Falcons were in the Super Bowl, which was his second year, I was out a couple of years later, having led his team to a Super Bowl. Same thing possibly with Nick Sirianni. I'm just trying to think um, of some of the other teams that, whose coaches coming into the season would be on the hot seat. Now, look, you have to kind of go through the season and see how things play themselves out. Maybe somebody, uh, a coach plays themselves into a hot seat. But right now, those would be the two that come off the top of my head because, look, we had what? Was it not? How many? I forget how many head coach. Was it like seven or eight head coaching positions that were open this year? So, you know, you, you, you've you got coaches that are, are, you know, seven or eight out of 32. I mean, that's 25% of the league has a new head coach. So 25% of the league, presumably, right, those coaches would be safe. And then, of course, your traditional coaches that have done well, you, you know, and in, in, in did well this year, your, your Matt LaFleur's of the world, your Kyle Shanahan's of the world, are, are going to be obviously pretty safe. Your John Harbaugh's, it's you know your Mike Tomlin's, etc. So I don't know if there's going to be enough job openings next year where Vrabel would indeed, or in fact, be a head coach. And then what do you do after that? So we'll see. There are some coordinator positions that are open, right? But when I look at Bill Belichick and him not being a head coach after twenty some odd years as a head coach with the Patriots. It's like, wow, in the only really opportunity that he got, may, may have been Seattle, but Atlanta. And would that have been a good fit? Like Bill Belichick in Atlanta. I realized, look, NFL jobs, like in, the NFL is probably the only major pro sports league in the United States where it really doesn't matter what city you're in. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a small market, you know, like in Indianapolis. It doesn't matter, right? Like, the league is so big. I mean, where it matters in, you know, certainly in the NHL, where it matters in Major League Baseball, it matters in the NBA when you're in a smaller market, unless you're in Milwaukee with Antetokounmpo, who's a major star, and it doesn't matter that Milwaukee is a small market. Um, so, but Bill Belichick in Atlanta, I, I I would have found that so hard 
to believe. And, you know, I think back, right, like coaches that had had all that success. And look, even look at a Vince Lombardi, right, like Bill Belichick was sort of shown the door in a lot of respects. It, it was a mutual parting of ways, but I mean, the final say really belonged to the Patriots. Like it's not, if Bill Belichick wanted to come back, I mean, the Patriots would have had the final say by saying no. You know, I look at a Vince Lombardi, Vince Lombardi went out of left the Packers on top, then went to the then Washington Redskins where I think he, he had some success the first year because the, the Redskins were a bad franchise. And then, then unfortunately he passed away. In, in 1970, uh, but wow, Bill Belichick not with a team—that is unbelievable. And you have to start to question. I talked about Vrabel. Will Belichick get another opportunity to be a head coach? I mean, I think he will. I think he will get another opportunity again. You know, I don't know. Like the Cowboys, to me, have to win. It's Super Bowl or bust. Or at least they got to make the Super Bowl for Mike McCarthy to come back because he's in the he would be in the last year of his contract in 2024 anyway. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Bill Belichick is the guy. Look, Dan Quinn comes into Washington as the new head coach. Um, look, I, I think it's a solid move. You didn't get Ben Johnson. Nobody got Ben Johnson because Ben Johnson decided to go back and stay as the offensive coordinator of the Lions. Probably some unfinished business there, right? So he decides to stay. I would think that that would be your number one target. But out of everyone that was remaining, you had a couple of Ravens um, coaches that that are promising prospects. Um, as a matter of fact, black coaches. And I'll talk a little bit more about that, which is very encouraging. Um, you had, uh, you know, Belichick, Vrabel. You know, I think Dan Quinn probably was the best fit. Those Cowboy defenses, yeah, may have got obliterated by the Packers, but overall, under Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defenses have been really, really good. Now, you you do have a a, a really, really top-notch player in Mike in in uh in Micah Parsons. Still, he's designed some good schemes. I think this is a good. It, it, you know, I I, I would have as a as a Commanders fan, I probably would have preferred. Ben Johnson from an offensive perspective, because now you got to get a really good offensive coordinator. Who's going to be your offensive coordinator with a young quarterback? Even if you go with Sam Howell or not, if you pick a quarterback, you're still going to have a young quarterback. Let me transition because again, looking at the national football league and black coaches, it's encouraging. It's not where we want to be, but there are nine minority head coaches in head coaching positions and quite a few of those, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I think like of the nine hires, like four were minority hires. So look, it's a lot of work to do, but if you've got over 25% of your head coaches that are minority and the majority of those are black head coaches where the majority of your league is uh, 70 or the, the league is about 70% black, then I think that is extremely, extremely encouraging. I got to give the NFL props where it's due props, right? I got to give it. And, you know, again, I talked about it last week, like a Raheem Morris benefited from the Rooney rule early on. And now look, he gets his second opportunity. Thank you. Because generally if you, if you're, if you're black and you don't succeed, Sometimes you don't get that second opportunity. 
right? So he's gotten it, and it's encouraging to see in the national, not where we need to be, but encouraging what we're seeing in the National Football League. Look, my time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Brian Dunlap, the head men's basketball coach at Claflin. Thank you to Tony Madlock, the head men's basketball coach at Alabama State for joining us on the program. For more information on Box to Row, phenomenal content. Any shows you may have missed, you can log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. Don't forget to also check us out on the Box to Row YouTube channel. And always remember to support those that support your Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick.